welcome to this week's episode of Racing Only Better ahead of British Champions Day. We've got six races to get stuck into all on ITV Racing. We're going to be previewing them all. And I am joined as standard by the boys. Dan Barber, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I was going to say I'm good, Vanessa, but you're the calamari kid nowadays, aren't you? After the squid incident on Monday. I was up at the sales and a good few people came up to me. I got two things said to me with regularity during the sales this week. One, I like your new hair. Yeah. Two, can't believe you thought it was a squid. Yeah, mostly damp, aren't they, squids? That's the thing I'd have thought. Uh, And also... You got a bit of grief for that, V, but it wasn't actually the funniest misspeak on the pod because at one point, TC, he described Charles Burns as a stewed cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I missed that. How did we miss that, Kevin? One of those those games he used to play with his rugby teammates. Uh, Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a variation of the biscuit one, is it? (laughs) Soggy, soggy biscuit. Kevin Blake, how are you? Straight in from wrestling, wrestling a foal, you were telling us, looking fresh as Daisy. Yeah, great for anyone that, that has experienced photographing foals will know exactly the struggle and the pain and the frustration and the patience that's required. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm in good form <laughs> otherwise. Proper card on Saturday. I, I find it a really good betting card. I think there's a couple of fabs there that can be taken on. Um, I like the look of it now. I'm looking forward to getting stuck in with the Racing Only Better crew live on YouTube. Not quite live, but you know what I mean. Wow, love it. That's the enthusiasm we're after for this show. TC, same level, please, from you. Yeah, yeah. I, I originally went into the card and thought there's not many bets here. Um, but I, I've dug out. I've had seven bets already on Saturday's card and maybe more to follow. Wow. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, we've got those. Not, not to 90 in five seconds. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we've had a quick turnaround of events here. Okay, guys, let's get stuck straight in then. The 125 first race over the two miles. This is the Kipco British Champions Long Distance Cup. It's the Group 2 race. True Shan is currently the 9 to 5 favourite. Eldar Elderoff is next best of 5 to 2. Waterville's in there 3 to 1. Coltrane obviously beat True Shan last time out 9 to 1. Huge price discrepancy. And on top of all of that, this is where Betfair have a Saturday exchange special. It's money back as a free bet if you lose. But please do read the description of the podcast for the T's and C's of that special offer. So bear that in mind. Let's get stuck straight in. And we will start with UTC, seen as you seem to be very enthusiastic about this card. Yeah. Um, the, I didn't think this race was hold much appeal, actually, because the two I was looking to back uh, in the week a whole fire and Manti Potion. I was looking to see if they were entered, but Beamish and Search for a Song weren't entered. So I had a look at the race and on the basis that I thought Elder Alderoff and um, Waterville were massively underpriced. Um, I came down on the side of Trushan, uh, currently training at 3.1 at the time of recording on Thursday afternoon, nine to five with the sports book, which I think is very fair. Uh, yeah, I think if Trushan runs to form, um, then he'll win. Now, obviously, there's a niff involved because of the, the run at Doncaster last time. And, um, you know, that was that was worrying because he was never going at any stage, looked a bit awkward. Uh, but in the circumstances, he's probably run a blinder to be beaten only net because he did everything wrong in that kind of race. But, you know, you go back to the, obviously, the Northumberland Plateman of 120, go back to even the Goodwood Third in the Goodwood Cup, uh, where I think Holly Doyle, no, that won't be on our show with that kind of ride, will it? 
So, no. but even if you go back to either of those two previous runs, then he'll beat this lot. I mean, you know, the Northumberland plate wing come off 120, and Waterville's uh, Irish's Irish wing come off a mark of 99. So, I understand that the three year olds have got some upside, but no, I think if this race was run three times, True Shen would win at least once, maybe even twice. And if he came here straight off the back of the Newcastle win or even the Goodwood third against this lot, I think he'd be four to six top. So, uh, over two to one on the exchange, nine to five with the sports book. I thought True Shen was the way to go, but I am going to have a save on Wordsworth. He finished um, eight, he got me in eight length by Waterlooville uh, in the Irises Arich, but that was a, um, you know, that was that was his first run for three months. And I'd quite like, looked like the way he shaped there on the outside. Looks like he was going to come and maybe get into it about two furlongs out, but his run just petered out. If this has been a quite a sneaky kind of like guide into this race, then I think he's really big at 50s uh, on the exchange. He's 40s with a sports book, but I've backed him on the exchange and I've also backed him 25 to uh, 25 to one without True Shan in the uh, without market. Uh, Betfair have got that mark out very swiftly. So, yeah, I've had three bets True Shan, two to one plus on the exchange, um, Wordsworth at 50s. And um, um, Wordsworth at twenty five were at True Shan, and you know coming back Wordsworth hopefully he won't be uh, he won't be there to force the pace, but he's got good Ascot form. Um, you know he's a Grand Prix de Paris runner up. He's an Irish Derby third, and I think quotes of fifty to one plus totally mm-hmm. underestimate him after that run after a break last time. Okay, so a big each way, sw- well a bigger price swing for TC, but then essentially he is Team True Shan. Yeah. Uh, Dan, are you also Team True Shan? Well, you know, sometimes when the pitch is a bit cloudy, you need someone to provide a bit of clarity, don't you? And I think TC's just done that with me. My first thought was the race was, oh, is he going to be vulnerable? That was probably one of the worst runs of his career in recent times anyway at Doncaster in terms of the way he went through the race and the fact he was beaten at 9-2 to two on. Um, so I was thinking, well, Elder Elder, obviously he's the improving horse, of course. He, his form took a massive boost last week when post-impressionist finally won a race at York. Um Thought you get but, that one in, but then, yeah, but then you look in. at you. Then you look at the market and you see seven to four, five to two, and as, as TC saying, it's one off color run slightly. And I mean, he is clearly one of the best three stayers around. Kiprios is obviously the best, and without Stradivarius, maybe second best. True, Shannon. It, it's just that for me. It's. We're now able to back him at a price, and I wouldn't go overboard because I do think there's a concern after the last run. But he's back; he's got more testing ground than he faced when. Well, there you go. That's the good Lord at work there, shutting up Dan Barber because Dan Barber and Tony Calvin <laughs> have used an awful lot of words there, Vanessa. And the conclusion is very, very simple. Leave it to the Sultan of Sassint here. Trushan just wins. Easiest shout on the whole card. He's one of the very best stairs we've seen in recent years. Holly Doyle gave him two shockers the last twice. She's I, I have great regard for Holly. She's not going to do it a third time. Um, should be a much shorter price. Waterville, lovely horse, but Jesus, lads, he's rated a stone, stone less, stone or more lower than Trushan. He'll probably rate higher in due course, but not right now. Eldar, Elderoff, same thing. Um, Trushan, he's going to go six to four or shorter. Um, line him up, lads. He's the best bet on the card. I thought, I thought the like sort of sink was the latest rich person you've got your claws into on the breeding. <laughs> <part. laughs> uh, I, I, I used, I used to go on uh, at the Sultan good. of Sassint on, on a once good podcast back in the day, but uh, not for a few years. <laughs> no, not for Sultan a few years. Swing. No. The latest <laughs> Sultan of Swing. Got his claws into. 
Don't forget, guys, uh, that first race is the Saturday Exchange Special, the 125 at Ascot. Your money back as a free bet if you lose, but do read the T's and C's in the description of this podcast, please. Let's move on from the stayers to the champion sprint, the two o'clock. This is paying an extra place, five places with Betfair. Creative Force, your 100 to 30 favourite at the moment. Obviously, the winner from Royal Ascot, Rohan back at his beloved Ascot, and Kinross down in trip after his Group 1 win in France at 5-1. to one. Uh, Kevin, we can start with you. Set the tone here. These are yeah. fast sources. We want a fast debrief. Yeah, look, I, I don't mind the front of the market. I think there's a bunch of solid ones there. Um, I just was struggling to find a bit of juice in the prices now the way they are. So I ended up going slightly outside them to Art Power, um, who comes in here a bit fresher than most. He missed the first half of the season. Vanessa, he loves Ascot. He always shows up at Ascot and runs a big one. Um, this race last year, he was drawn in the wrong part of the track. He, he ran a cracker to finish fourth. Um, like every time he showed up at Ascot, he's done his thing. It seems to suit him really well. And he was very good at the car last time. That wasn't a bad old field, and he's absolutely smashed them up. Um, arguably one of the best efforts of his career. So he's coming in here booming. Um, draws being kinder, easing the ground is no problem. Um, our power. I'd be pretty disappointed if he's not banging the frame, Vanessa. And you never know with this race. Um, he he might just go and win. Okay, art power six to one. Dan, do you concur with those thoughts? You're going elsewhere. You know I do. That is well. You actually don't know I do. It's just saying that, isn't it? Um, I do like him I, for the, exactly the reasons Kev said. What I thought the key thing for this race is I, I need to remind myself of what happened last year. And whilst Creative Force was making the best of his way home towards the far rail where the pace was, because you had Glen Shield Force in it, Art Power was ridden with sort of more restraint than normal, wasn't he? Sort of sat in touch rather than blasting. He ended up isolated and credit to him he's not the strongest day at the trip but he came home all right for fourth i like exactly what kev says two horses in here have had light seasons him and creative force but i find it a bit of a negative with creative force because he thrived last season on his racing whereas art power i like it and he was really good in ireland last time so he's my first choice and i think off a break i'll be saving on perfect power um t- these two just just out of curiosity art power went off threes for this race last year and go back to the July Cup and Perfect Power started nine to four. Now he didn't run his wow. race, but he's had a break since France. And I think we might see the Ascot horseback who was so impressive there in the Commonwealth. Well, Perfect Power now 10 to one shot as things stand at the moment for this race. So a much bigger price than that as Dan's flagged up that he started in a couple of previous contests. TC, where did your pin land in this? Uh, nowhere. Move on. I was trying with Castle Star, but and I know they we're getting five places, but I don't I thought all the favourites were underpriced. And I just I just I just went round and round in circles and decided to pull Move up. On. Okay, well, we'll stick with you then, TC, when we discuss now the Phillies and Mare Stakes, the Group 1, over the one-mile four furlongs. This is the 240 at Ascot, and it's another race that is paying an extra place with Betfair, paying four places. Uh, Emily Upjohn, your 7-2 to two favourite, Eternal Pearl, next best in at 5-1 to one for Team Godolphin. Varian has Ashada in here, but of course, Free Wind would have just won, won this, wouldn't she, TC? Our yeah. beloved free wind. Yeah, coming back here off the back of an art wind, wouldn't she? So yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, um this is a fascinating race on a couple of levels. Just a bit of housekeeping. I couldn't see any guaranteed pace in the race. So the opportunity is there for a jockey to 
uh, you, know, you know, to to show some initiative. Um, the likes of Sweet Lady, very elegant, and Ashada have gone forward in the past, but there's no habitual front runner in here, so that's an angle. Um, I'll just mention the headgear stat for the favourite. Um, the first time Hood uh, on the, on the favourite. Uh, old man Goza and the real Slim Shady. They're seven from sixteen with first time Hoods uh, since they partnered up. Uh, they had a 12 to 1 winner at Leicester earlier in the week in the first time Hood audience, and the likes of Mimic You and Trawler Man have shown the benefit of that angle. So that would be a plus if you do like the favourite. Um, I've had three bets in the race so far, uh, and I'm all the people say, Oh, you can't, can't have more than one bet in a race. Rubbish. If the prices are there, you can have three or four bets in a race. Uh, I bet Mimic You at sevens uh, on the exchange because I don't want to lose. Uh, if she wins, and I can fully see it after what she did last time in the first time hood. Uh, I back very elegant at 25s. Um, mm. um, yeah, I just like, I'd look to this race and, you know, even though everyone just oh, takes, takes a piss out of the Australian form, I mean, she was must have been low 120s after that Melbourne Cup win and that's comfortably the best form and offer here. There was a bit more promise in that run last time where she didn't get a run after on the, under the Australian jockey. So, I thought 20 to 1 plus was very big about her. Uh, and I and I probably had my biggest bet so far on Ross Carberry. Then um, this was, uh, been running over a mile two and a mile six. I like the Irish and Ledger form. I thought the fourth was good there. I like the angle from her coming back to a mile four. Uh, she last ran over that when she beat a good filly um, uh, in the Monster Oaks back in, uh, back in June. So I think the step down in trick to a mile four was suit. So yeah, I backed... Uh, Mimic you, Ross Carberry, and very elegant against the field at sevens, 16s, and 25s. Great. Plenty of bases covered there. Uh, Dan, do you agree uh, with anything TC said? Or are we, or what are we I saying? Think about every horse has got to agree at some point. Uh, yeah, that's typical, isn't it? You want to, I wish I was with one of those records. Uh, Ross Carberry, do agree with that about the trip trip being more suitable. And that was a massive run, wasn't it, for a, a young filly against the likes of Kiprios and and Hamish, but I was so impressed with Eternal Pearl at Newmarket to get herself out of that position. She found herself, and you got peripatetic that really improving horse. Suddenly, she thrashed them at Goodwood the time before. She's since performed with credit dropping in trip, where I thought she might have been in front a bit too soon at, at Newmarket next time. She got a really easy lead. The time was slow because of the pace was slow quickened away and eternal pearl last three furlongs i thought i'll double check this for sectional purposes eternal pearl clocks an 11 22 and 11 46 and a 12 6 1 so the last three furlongs the quickest three furlongs in the race were hers pretty much um at that stage and she's a frankel who's in a first season of racing and has just absolutely taken off and there are soft ground winners in the fam uh, family which is encouraging because she hasn't got form on it but she's related on the damn side to pearls galore who she won the matron just the other week, didn't she? And that was soft ground and she won it by a mile. Okay. Case made for Eternal Pearl and a taking case at that. Emily Upjohn is seven to two favourite, Kevin. Obviously off a break, off having completely blown out in the King George on a bit of a retrieval mission with the hood applied and those stats that TC's flagged up. But are you surprised to see us at a seven to two shot at the top of the market? Um, I, I suppose you'd have to be a little bit. Uh, Frankie rides, obviously, you know, that's impacting, I'd say. Um, and yeah, look, it takes a leap of faith. Look, the headgear um, will need to help because she was just too free 
um, at Ascot last time, and she wouldn't be for me now, certainly not at that price. And I prefer the one Frankie's jumped off, um, Mimiku, and the TC gave a good mention to there. Yeah, her her full sister won this race there a few years ago, and um, like they they're they're not always straightforward, and they can be a bit headstrong. And the hope was that the hood would uh, would do a job on her last time, and it did. She settled much better for Frankie over a mile six. Um, I don't think coming back to a mile four is going to be a big problem for her. Um, and it's a weird one, but dubawi has got like a kind of a freakish record ra- around the round track at Ascot. Um, Hugh Taylor wheels out the stat every year, yeah. Royal Ascot, and it's um, it's applicable here. And yeah, I, ju- I just think this course distance should suit her well. I think there's more to come. Like she smashed up a shadow. Um, the last day, like like better than the bare result, even with some other solid solid fillies and mares in behind. So uh, Mimiku will do for me. Good renewal of this thing is quite a quite, quite a strong race. Yeah, absolutely. And none of you have mentioned the headline act of the whole day, C. La Rosa, according to the PR team at Ascot. So that's good. Uh, let's move on to the Queen Elizabeth second stakes uh, over the mile, of course, the group one, the 320. Um, in Spiral is currently the even money favourite for that team again, John and Thady Gosden. Modern Games, next best, seven to two. The Reverend in there at six to one, the old boy. Um, Jadumi in there, seven to one. Bayside boy. Bigger prices, the rest. Dan, let's come to you first here, please. I guess I'm going to be in the similar camp as others and plenty of people. Maybe it'll mean the spiral ends up going off a generous price. But whilst I appreciate that if she's on a game, as she's shown twice now, she'll beat them. We've still got that um, albatross of the poor run in the Farmouth where she was off colour. Well, let's say poor run. The albatross. As Kev said, Is it was word. Is albatross the word? No, it's squid. It's squid. I meant squid. <laughs> uh... <laughs> you must have heard albatross around the neck, Vanessa. No. Oh. You know what? That, that squid. I was shouting firework at the puck at my at my phone when you were talking about squid. Fireworks, <laughs> firework. Um, will there be fireworks in this though, Vanessa? Oy. Um, Oy. I'm going for a couple of prices anyway. I don't want to bore people go with inspiring. Um, I still think Check and Challenge has got untapped potential. Was very progressive at the start of the season. He's clearly yes. effective on soft ground. I think you and I both have liked that horse. And yes. had Tempus not had such a disastrous start at Newmarket when there was loads of money for him, he'd won. Uh, he'd beaten a subsequent winner the time before at Salisbury. Um, he'd have gone much closer. He wasn't beaten far anyway, but he ended up in a bad position in a slowly run race and did well. I think they're 16s and 20s. Is that right, yeah. B? That all... Yeah, that is correct. Tempers 16 is checking. Small stakes, 20s. half points the pair, please. Okay, we will we will allow you that. Like the angle with checking challenge as well. Do think there's an untapped bit of potential in there? This is a relatively crappy, can I say that? Uh, not a vintage <laughs> renewal of the race. I think is a more professional like way to approach this. I think you're not working at Ascot on Saturday, Vanessa, no? I am. Oh. I am working at Ascot on Saturday, actually. Thank oh, you very I'll much. I'll remind you of that now. Uh, yeah, they will. They you're will right. I'm sure. yeah. it's, it's not. It's not a vintage renewal. Come on now. Um, but Dan's put up a bit, few bigger price horses there. Where did you go in this? Who me? Yes. I. I'm probably going to have my biggest lay bet of the year on it. I'm getting. I'm getting filled at two point one now, and uh, I can. I can. There's two point one two to lay at the moment. Um, I mean, if you've got the field running for you at 10 to 11 here, you've got loads. You've got loads running for you. You've got you've got a classic winner in modern games who chased home Baye, got within two lengths of Baye at Goodwood. 
You've got um, a, a past winner of this race in the Revenant who's coming here off the back of a really good second to a really promising cult of the Arga Khan's Erevan uh, a long shot last time where he didn't get the run of the race. Um, what else have you got? You've got uh, a high-class juvenile who came back with a win last time. You've got the winner, check and challenge. Bayside Boy. Absolutely. Correct. You've got Tempest, who probably should have won at Newmarket last time. And also, you've got the supplemented big improver in the race, Jadumi, who could well get the run of the race from the front. Um, you've, got loads loads running, you've got loads running for you at, at 10 to 11. And not only that, but I've also backed the Revenant each way at, at, at sixes and Bayside Boy each way at 22s as well. So, again, it's another race where I've got three or four financial involvements. But in Spiral... I mean, that win last time in the Jack de Moir, even though Erevan was a close-up third, maybe unlucky. I mean, that doesn't entitle her to be yeah, 11th. Yeah, that's right. To be 11th in this field. As Dan said, you blew out in the Falmouth. Why? Prosperous Voyage has done very little for the form since. And although I take it on board the juvenile form and the Coronation, uh, the Coronation Stakes win, make her the one to beat, I wouldn't even, I probably wouldn't even touch her at two to one, to be honest with you. Wow. Um, no, okay. it's my, my main entry into this race is to lay Inspire at 11 to 10, but I'll be perfectly, perfectly happy to chase her out to about 2.26. It could well be. I don't I don't like tipping, you know, odds on shot, effective odds on shots to, to listeners, but I can't have her at 11 to 10 whatsoever, let alone the even she is with the fixed odds firms. Wow. Okay. Taking on Inspire. Are you, Kevin? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be with TC on that, and I wouldn't put anyone off the lay either. Um, like people look at it and say, oh, she won the Jack de Marois, she beat the boys, the older boys, um, so on. But but I, look at the race, you know, um, Corbus blew out, stayed abreast, you know, ran well below himself, you know, is beating light infantry and, and Irvan, does that entitle her to be that sort of, this sort of price? Jeez, I don't think so. Mm. Um you know, I think she's there to be taken on. What do you take her on with is the question. Modern games, I don't mind. Um, I think his form has a bit more depth to it. Um, but but I think I think you have to go with the old reliable. You know, I think the Revenant is, is very solid. Like he he look, he's seven, but he's low mileage, and they, they look after him every year, and they, they've trained him for this race a number of times now. Second in a 2019, one in 2020, and a close fourth last year. Like he's very capable with a, with an ease in the ground. He he would have been trained to peak here. Um, I I like him in this race because he's very straightforward tactically. You know, Ryan Moore takes the ride, which is an interesting one. Um, and you know he'll be following whatever leads and you know catch me if you can late on. While Inspiral and them are you know being ridden quietly and might need a little bit of luck. So I think the Revenant's very solid. Um, but yeah, I'd agree in taking on the Fav. We should just say, should have said, I should have said it at the top of the program, actually. The going's currently good to soft, soft in places at Ascot. They got four mil overnight on Wednesday into Thursday. And as far as I can see, there is nothing coming rain wise. Famous last words and all that. So it's not going to be drying conditions clearly. So I think we are looking at on the softer side of good to soft, which is probably absolutely fine for, for this kind mm, of. Yeah, not much further south. I think Brighton went from good to firm overnight to good to soft, soft in places, didn't they? So they got a bucket. Wow. After the, they, they probably watered two mil. Got that. <laughs> Stop. Now look, if the QE2 isn't a vintage renewal, then the champion stakes. I don't know about vintage vintage renewal, but obviously best horse we currently have around at the moment. Baid looks to go out with a win in this race. William Haggis, Jim Crowley, having swerved the arc, bad ground on arc day, they'd be grateful to have swerved that, and they've come here. They're going to get decent enough ground as discussed. 
And he is now the two to nine favourite for this and to go out with a win. And he's taking on Adear, Charlie Affey, William Buick, nine to two, Bay Bridge in there, much bigger price at 11 to one. It's the mashup between the top two in the market. Dan Barber, A, does he win? And B, are we lengthening the odds here? I think if you're going to lengthen the odds, this is the day. This that's almost like a promo. Do you want to just say promo beforehand, or should we just pretend no, it's no, all we don't natural, have to do completely that. organic? No, I do. I do think it's something that what they're going to want to do with Baid, win, lose or draw, it's his final ever run. That's well, they're going to no want to win the race. Dan. They're clearly going to want to win the race, but I don't. I know it's they'll... not at York, but. William Haggis he, does still like having winners. He's partial. He doesn't love having I just think he's quite partial. I think that's how he's described it in the past. Um I, I just think they want to go and go up. They got they're going to want to go out with a bang because they probably think to some extent we've got people to appease who are still aggrieved that he never went for the arc. And if he opens up on ground that's on the soft side and shows all this brilliance. And you've got blowout potential for a day hour, I think. He's still stood only one run this season, however impressive he was. Um, Bay Bridge has got blowout potential. We've not seen him since July, and I didn't like how he shaped at all at Sandown in the Eclipse. Um, so this could be this could be five, six lengths. Okay. So lengthen away. Option. Lengthen away. There's an option to lengthen away here. Kevin Blake, talk us through the champion stakes. How's it going to play out? Does Baid just win? Um, yeah, very hard to pick at him really at this stage, Vanessa. I did a bit of picking at him prior to the Judmont. You tried and, um, your best. You did try. Yeah, and look, it's, it's kind of another. Well, you you don't get many examples of it, but you do when you when you see them, you know that you know just exceptional ones. The rules don't apply to them as rigidly as they do the the more normal horse population. And despite you know having max stride frequencies um, more akin to a sprinter, um, he's well able to stay and extend the ten furlongs, bolting away from from top horses. So, um, look hard if he's in any sort of shape, he just goes and wins. Um, and hopefully they'll put on a bit of a show because this is seemingly his last start. I'm holding out kind of, you know, remote hopes that they might change their mind and bring him back next season. Um, wouldn't it be fantastic? And why not? That they don't need the money as such, do they? Um, you know, it'd be it'd be great, great way to honor uh, the late Sheikh Hamdan for the, this product of you know 40 years of breeding. That's a, a proper worldly to go and get a full season of 10 furlongs and maybe try. Um, a mile and a half wouldn't that be class but make amends for Deja Kevin get him in the Breeders' Cup at the last minute yeah. oh Jesus yeah <laughs> just, just hope there's no shadows out um, <laughs> but but yeah look he probably just goes and wins I think from uh, I hope he puts on a show um, all that sentimentality aside I think if you're going to have a bet in the race I think most people are going to be looking at the each way market without the fav market etc which one do I think might finish second to him um, I favour Baybridge um, bit of a forgotten horse Jeez, it was only you know, four or five months ago, everyone thought this was going to be the horse after his comeback at Sandown, in, in which he was so, um, so impressive. And like, it's not like that form hasn't stood up. Um, and he's he he was brilliant that day. Went to Ascot, um, got beaten fair and square by by State of Rest in the Prince of Wales's. Um, and I, I suspect they just went back to the well a bit quick at Sandown. It was two and a half weeks to the Eclipse. They took a chance on fast ground. And he didn't quite run his race. And um, they've backed off him since, freshened him up. Um, you know, he's he's getting the ease on the ground that I think he'll always enjoy. Um, I think this course and distance is ideal for him. Um, tactically quite straightforward. He's just been a bit forgotten about, and I could see him run his ears off now and mm-hmm. um and, and certainly finish second. 
Um, he'd be he'd be my play. Uh, whatever way you like, without the fav each way, um, each way without the fav. Whatever way you like, I think he's going <laughs> to run a big race. Run his ears off. Add that to the dictionary, please. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but we will get an answer later. He's, run, run, he's, he's running so hard and there's so much wind resistance, etc. that his ears <laughs> just fall off. Ah, <laughs> I see. Right, yeah. <laughs> Makes loads of sense. Sorry. <laughs> Never oh, seen I see it happen all the time. All the stallion happening. career will be in tatters if it's anything else being blown away. So, <laughs> Baybridge, 11 to 1 at the moment in the market with Baid, and of course, looking to chase Baid home or in the without market, have a look at his price as well. Uh, TC, how are you playing this race? Are you going into the without market or are you going the horses to chase him home or are you taking Baid on? Yes, also, I've got a thousand scarves made up. I hope Baid gets stuffed and I'll be giving <laughs> <laughs> oh, great bit racing. They missed a trick here. Everyone hates William Haggis and Baye because he didn't go for the arc. They could rehash these Stradivarius scars they got made up before. They had to put in the bin. They could just hope <laughs> Baye gets absolutely shafted on Saturday. Um, Eat Haggis for breakfast could be the uh, slogan. <laughs> What, sorry? <laughs> Eat haggis for breakfast. Oh, yes, yes. That's a good one. Um, very oh, good. Danny is such a pun meister, isn't he? <laughs> uh, no, um, I've had a bet in the race. Uh, I backed Baybridge at 12 and <laughs> 11s each way, for all the reason Kev said. Uh, came back wrong from Sandell. I think he, um, I, might have met, I might have read something about pulled muscles or jarred up, but he definitely came back wrong. So they've given me a lot of time off. Um, I think he probably wasn't given an, uh, an ideal ride when he got chinned by State of Rest at, at Ascot. Go back to that Sandown run. I mean, like, I mean, obviously everyone thought he was the, the second coming there, didn't they? And I think Kevin touched upon a really good point about, and that's the ground. Now, it was officially good ground at Sandown, but Timeform called it good to soft. And obviously we're going to get plenty of soft in the ground there. I get the impression, uh, like I said, I did a piece with Ryan. He didn't go into it with much depth, but I get the impression that they think Baybridge has got a really big run in him on Saturday. Now, clearly, Baid, he's only going to run to you know high one twenties, isn't he? Baybridge and stuff like that. He's he's not going to put up a one thirty five that you know the likes of Baid did at York. But Adair, for the reasons that Dan said, I think he's got massive blowout potential. We've only seen him once since disappointing in the race last year and that was a free runner race at Donny you know Appleby can say all the King Kong quotes he likes but he's got loads <laughs> he's got loads to it was a good line actually isn't it <laughs> but yeah he's got lots of um, I think he's got lots to prove um, but I think Baybridge is by far the most likely second uh, a horse of any second there we have got a reason for the blowout last time and the ground, okay. I think Baybridge at Levens each way with a sports week is a very good bet. You might just get, you might just nick a few quid and buy stuff sim. But uh, yeah, Baybridge has got a lot of upside. Okay, a couple of votes, a couple of strong votes for Baybridge in the champion stakes. And don't forget, it's probably a good opportunity to flag up Saturday's Betfair offer on the multiples. If you bet 10, you get a free £10 bet on multiples. So bet £10 on multiples, you get free £10 bet on multiples. And of course, if you wanted to side with Inspiral, despite the fact that all the experts on this show have gone against her, She's obviously a relatively short price, as is Baid. That might be a way in which you want to play that. Come on, Vanessa. I'll give you six to four. You can have a oh, three. Oh. 400 to 600. But you're not allowed 100, to lay off. 100 pounds? You're not allowed to lay off at 11 to 10. 
<laughs> Enough of these dog toys and three hundred pound bets. You can have as much as you like at six to four, but no laying off at eleven to ten for a free. Really? Ten, ten squid at like. six to four, please. Ten squid ten at six squid. to four. Yeah. Ten to the six to four. Yeah. Oh, no. Vanessa's wearing wearing her pink jumper and her number will be on the pink button immediately. <laughs> yeah. what, what an idiot, Calvin! <laughs> you want to rephrase that, Blake? <laughs> oh, careful now, Calvin! Come on, we're on a Betfair podcast. Everyone knows what the pink, what the pink um, button is. <laughs> it's very true. That is very true, guys. Let's move on to the last race. It's the Balmoral Handicap. Came six races with Betfair over the mile. The straight mile at Ascot 440 uh, blue for you for David O'Meara is the 6-1 to favourite at the yeah. moment Dan Barber you should have come you to me first because I was going to tip blue for you which would have been a good segue <laughs> 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 would have been a beautiful segue. I missed uh, that. Go to Lofty first, though. Come on, Dan. You can get stuck into the only <laughs> handicap on the card. Go. He's, you mentioned David O'Meara O'Mari, just the king of the handicaps, isn't he? Think like Summergan this season, Orban, Blue for you, two of those go in this race. Chalet has been really good. He's had other prolific. Like all- Escobar. Escobar as well. Look, like those Goodwood and York handicaps where he's just having two, routinely having two of the first four home and stuff. He's a nervous um, trainer. He's useless, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, he's worked with Ross Collin for the horse watchers, obviously been brilliant as well over the years, even if he's sort of peaked that horse now. But, That's in here as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, so he's going mob-handed at it, but rarely do they sort of underperform. And... I just like Orban. I do think Blue for you cantered through that York race when he beat Orban, but Orban didn't get a clear run. He's better off at the weights. He's held his form all season. He was great at Goodwood that day, wasn't he? I think they're one all in their private battle, the stable mates now. I just spit concern with Blue for you at a stiff mile, the way he travels. Stiff mile and softest ground at the end of the day when the, the ground's been rated. I just think he's a, a speed horse primarily at this distance. Tony doesn't. He thinks he's all stamina. Tony's stepping up to two miles. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm with Orban. I just think he's very solid, and you're going to get we've got extra places in this. He's yeah. likely to give his running again, and I think that'll be enough to have him in the handful. Okay, Orban for Dan. Um, currently fourteen to one with Betfair. Kevin, what about you to round off the card? Oh, I'm struggling, Vanessa. I'm struggling to have a big view just yet. Um, so you're better off going to Tony, I reckon. Okay, Tony. Over to you, please. Yeah, How Luke, are you playing this you will come into his own over the stiff mile, and I'm not taking the piss either. <laughs> um, put him up at tens on Tuesday, anti post. He's now into sixes. Um, he's about a point or so bigger on the exchange, obviously, but Sportsbook are giving you six places. But no, I, I think he's just absolutely tailor made for this race. Um, needed all of the mile to really an Escobar at York. Um, got going all too late after troubling running in second to Orban at Goodwood. Uh, and go back and have a look at his uh, run here last time over seven furlongs. He was cantering all over them. There's not many horses that trade as low as a, a 11 to 10 that far out in the handicap. And it was it was he, the trouble he hit was just before the furlong marker. He was traveling all over them there, but the door closed on him. And I, I just don't think he had the, that was over seven furlongs. And I just don't think this horse has the instant change of pace to take advantage of the gap. Now, like I said, go back and have a look at that race and, I think with a clear run, he must go very, very close. That was off this mark. I think the step up to a mile is really going to suit for the reasons I've just said. Like I said, go and have a look at the York run. 
The I didn't one... think at York he had he met a bit of trouble. I was sort of yeah. Tudor was holding on to him. He's got to get out. Come on, get out, get out. I was shouting. I, I do take your point about the ground, but everything I see about the horse, you know, the way he finished off at Goodwood uh, previously, like I said, when he hit we hit some momentarily hit some trouble there. Um, the ground is is the issue. Um, it's like I said, it's, it's going to be good to soft. And if you have a look at the balance of his form, it's all come on good to firm ground. But they, he did beat Wembley on soft ground uh, in Ireland. Um, you know, when he was trained over there. So providing the ground doesn't blunt him, uh, I think he'll be coming a really, really strong here. And he tops the market now. So I wouldn't be going in again at the current sixes or sevens, but I, I played at I played at tens and I like I like I like his chance. Okay. Six to one blue for you, a favorite. Um Tony tipping up a favorite in our last race, and that is the race that is play paying six places with Betfair blue for you. Danny Tudhope, David O'Meara to send TC home with a winner on Saturday. It's naps time, guys. Uh, we will come to you first, Kevin. What is your nap of the card on Saturday? Up and down the lines, Vanessa. Trushan can't possibly be beaten. Wow. Simple as Trushan in the first. What about you, Dan Barber? What's your nap, please? I'm going with Eternal Pearl, please, in the Phillies and Mares. You know you're leaving the naps table despite the fact you keep banging um, on about never tipping up. I've not had a winning nap since Rohan and I'm still 190 up. Okay, don't know what you lot have been playing at. That's a well, humble well, brag if I ever heard one. I'm, I'm, I'm sat in second <laughs> position following Chaldine winning the Dewhurst. Thank you very much. Winning nap. And I'm going with Rohan as my nap for this weekend uh, in the sprint, please. I'm really hopeful he's going to take the step up to Group 1 company on Saturday. What about you, TC? Who is your nap of the weekend? This is tricky because all my best bets is a, a layup in spiral or an each way bet against I'm going to go go hard and go big I'm going to wrap around my bike let's get him stuffed scarf and I'm going to go win only Bay Bridge wow oh, yeah. okay if you're, exchange, you're going to get bigger than 11s I think he's currently trading about 15 to 1 on the exchange so because obviously buying so short you're going to get an extended price win only on the exchange so yeah, Bay Bridge. Let's get Bayed stuff for not going. Are you, are you are you going to ask her, TC? Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah, oh, I tell you what, I can, I can picture the scene now. Bay Bridge comes and nips Bayed. The, right. the wind comes <laughs> out of the stands at Ascot. And Tony Calvin topless. <laughs> yeah. In, a, in, a, in another fight in the paddock, as we've seen <laughs> on the video. Of course I'm going. I've got a thousand scars to knock out. They'll be going like hotcakes. This is the last week of this naps, isn't it? I think we're refreshed next week. Is it? Is that right? So. Okay. Yeah. Well done, Dan. Good for flagging that up. Right. And just the final shout, <laughs> don't forget Saturday's exchange special in the 125 at Ascot. Money back as a free bet in that 125 if you lose. But do read the T's and C's below this podcast. Uh, thank you very much. As always, boys, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy Champions Day. Enjoy Baid. I know I will. TC won't, as we've clearly flagged up. And in the meantime, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Do remember to please get gamble responsibly.